This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Hello, everyone. My name is Corey. I am not joined, as always, by Brendan. <laughs> Brendan is off doing some real-life stuff, but I am joined by my CHGO colleagues, Cody Del Mendo and Ryan Herrera. And gentlemen, for the first time since the opening weekend, we are here to talk about a Cubs series win. Isn't that nice? Oh, it is. It is. Uh, we've, we've talked about just how, I mean, like you mentioned, since opening weekend and then obviously after that last 11-game stretch, 2-9, and nine, it, it was it was rough, you know, and that's coming off losing three or four to the Pirates too, which is just, it was, it was a rough last two, two and a half, three weeks. Um, Cubs needed this, especially going on the road out near their West coast trip, San Diego, Arizona. So take a two or three from the Padres who look like they're a playoff caliber team. Um, you know, that's obviously huge for the Cubs and you know, Cubs fans can rejoice for at least one, one night. Hell yeah. You put it, you said it perfectly, Ryan. We can rejoice for one night. It's just nice to win one. Like I said on Monday, it's just nice to win one, man. I, there you go. whatever I, uh, you know, I, uh, you, you go into a San Diego, a team that aren't, let's be real. They're, they're at least an NLCS, uh, contender. Uh, and you go in there after getting your, your butts kicked by the Dodgers in the, in the series before that, you get your butts kicked by the White Sox. You go into San Diego, and you completely flip the script. Like they didn't play, like they didn't play bad in in three all three of those games. Yeah, like sure in game the second game they made mistakes, and that's why they lost. But like they had a chance to win that game. They were literally an inch away from winning that game last night. Yeah, I think uh, the so, yeah. the one thing, you know, and I was kind of waiting, obviously, to see how this game today played out. But I think what was clear throughout, still some stuff you'd like to see them clean up. They're still running into some outside oh, yeah. bases, <laughs> defensive miscues. Obviously, you know, you and I, we talked about it like Scott Efros, I think, is owed a, a nice dinner by the defense and he pitched <laughs> out of it, but he deserved none of that inning today. Um, just a better brand of baseball. Like last week, especially that Dodgers series and those games against the White Sox, just not good baseball felt like kind of lifeless, you know, for much of that week. And like, even though this series was close, could have gone either way, really, uh, in some of these games, it just felt like the Cubs played a better series. They deserved this outcome, I think. And, and nice to see after a, a pretty rough stretch. Yeah, no, it's, uh, like I said, it was kind of night and day, uh, with, if you look at the Dodger series and then this series, I mean, at, going into the series, I was just hoping for just some things to be happy about or some things to take away from it to find positives kind of like what we were talking about how this is like a you know a transition year and it's a you know luke likes to say exploring and 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 all of that nonsense and it's like that series against dodgers there really wasn't anything and you can honestly say the same thing about the the series with the white Sox as well and so like to not only get that this series, but also win the series against, again, a very good baseball team. Like, it's really encouraging. And I think you'll get some people off the ledge. I'm not saying the Cubs are going to go on to make playoffs or anything like that. But, like, again, I think in pregame I said this team is better than than what we had seen. It was the bottom of what we probably would see. And they got – the you know – what, what is it they always say? Uh, water always finds its level or whatever. 
Like, I feel like what we saw it, Ryan, you're laughing. I, if, however you're supposed to say, it, I don't know, <laughs> whatever <laughs> I, even I, cause I'm just so excited that they won this game, but like, you know, the, the level of play that the Cubs are would find the, the level they'll find their level of what they are at some point this year. And I'm not saying the Cubs are going to play like this the rest of the season, but I think a lot of what we saw in these three games is what we'll see from the Cubs this year. And, you know, I, and not to take anything away from them, but the Padres really, they had a bunch of miscues and, Mm -hmm. and didn't take advantage of a bunch of stuff as well. And so it's like that helped the Cubs and that's why they ended up winning the series. But, you know, I, I just think that, we'll see a lot more of what we saw in these three games from the Cubs, at least for the next couple months. And uh, for me, if you're, if you care about the future and you care about, you know, certain guys like Zach or not Zach, but Scott F Ross today, like, I mean, he's part of the future, right? What we saw from him was insane. So um, that's just one example. But again, I just think that's a little bit of what we saw in these three games is what we'll see. I'm not sure if that's going to bring more wins, but at least it'll be more watchable. And we won't look like the Reds or the better, I can't even say the Pirates. The Pirates better brand of baseball well. for sure. Yeah, that's what we yeah. talked about yesterday. Or no, was it was it yesterday? It was one of the last couple of days, and we were saying how you know the last week or so the games just didn't look very good. The Cubs never really felt like it was a game at all. As soon as they went down a run, it felt like it was over. And there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a lot of losing this year. Cubs aren't winning a World Series this year, but if they can make every game competitive like these last three games obviously you want a lot of more wins more often than not but if you can make them all competitive that helps you know cubs fans obviously beat writers like me that helps me get through the season because it's better baseball just overall to watch so obviously the cubs did get the win in this one they you know they, they kept battling even when they gave up the lead went out got two more runs and closed things down with a depleted bullpen um but just being able to be in those games and showing a fight and, you know, having a lead late in the game or being close late in the game, like that's going to, that's just a better brand of baseball, like Corey said. And that's, that's going to help us all kind of get through this season. Um, knowing that there's not a whole lot, at least right now, a whole lot to look forward to at the end. Yeah. And I think you can also tell, I mean, you know, you were kind of making the point, Cody, like you don't have to look at this series and think like, oh, they're you know going to go on a huge run. You know, we're back in it, like whatever. Right. <laughs> your expectations can be your expectations. But you can tell even just looking at our YouTube chat right now, like we're all watching this team. We're all looking for positives. We're all still supporting the the boys. And you can tell like it's nice to win some games, win a tough series on the road. And as a lot of people are pointing out in our YouTube comments, like they overcame some stuff and to do that on the road against a good team, you know, you did make some defensive mishaps. You did let the Padres back in this one a couple times today, but ultimately they kept battling, right? Alfonso Rivas comes up clutch. The offense continued to grind those at bats and do what they had to do against some tough guys out of the San Diego bullpen. And so I think the team's got to be feeling good and for whatever you want to take from it, right? Like it's just, this was a good series win against a good team. Um, But you know, we, we don't have to go too much into the, uh, we're doing like, you know, post game also <laughs> series review, a little bit of a hybrid here, but um, you know, just a reminder, kind of setting the table. Uh, it was a six to nothing Cubs win to start the series five to four loss uh, last night. Frank Schwindel did, I think kind of hit a, a go ahead grand slam, but it doesn't count that way. So it didn't don't happen. Get me started. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, seven to five. The Nick right. Young, the Nick Young gift out there. That was, yeah, that made me laugh. I when he hit funny. it, I I 
walked away. I'm like yelling, walking away from the TV. And then I hear the call in the background and I'm like, what? Like, hold on a second. Like, I thought that was in the, the upper deck. Um, seven to five oh, final yeah. in the finale on Wednesday afternoon, or I guess early evening here in Chicago. Want to start, you know, getting into some of the player specifics uh, with Nico Horner, just to make sure we're on top of that. He leaves the game after colliding uh, with an umpire, which is super annoying. Um, and the latest update I'm seeing, uh, Ryan, I don't know if you saw anything more current, but I think the most current thing I've got is that it's uh, ankle soreness and they have to let the swelling go down before they can really evaluate the severity. Um, he, he, he stayed in the game, at least initially, uh, but then ultimately comes out uh, and you sort of saw the ramifications of that on defense later. Um, the impact of this team without him, especially still waiting for Anderson Simmons, is pretty obvious, right? He He's huge on defense, and you literally saw it unfold in this game, that the Cubs are not super prepared, at least defensively, um, with the way that VR has played, especially on the left side of the infield, and Vargas played today. Um, but to me, the, like, the thing that jumped out is just like, Nico is having such a good season. He's really showing himself to be capable of of taking on that role of being the starting shortstop for the Chicago Cubs. And so obviously like the impact to the current team is important, but to me, I just want him to be able to come back soon and not have this effect the way he was developing, because we've seen that before with, with him and some other Cubs players where they seem to be getting on like that right trajectory. They're, they're developing, they're progressing, and then something derails it. And I'm, I'm hoping that this is maybe just a day-to-day -day thing for Nico. Yeah. The most recent thing I saw, so Megan Montemurro, Chicago Tribune, um, tweeted, Nico Horner has a right ankle sprain. Swelling needs to, de needs to decrease before the Cubs know severity of injury. Followed up a few minutes later uh, from Ross. Ross says Horner might need a couple days off, but that he should be okay. X-rays were negative. Great. Um, so that's, you know, a good thing, obviously, to hear coming out of a game. And and considering he, you know, stayed in the game, took his at-bat the next half inning, then kind of came out, was like, okay, so maybe it's not anything that he, like, couldn't even walk after. It wasn't, it didn't feel like anything major, at you know, out of the gate. And then obviously, you know, maybe it's, he obviously has the sprain, but, you know, maybe it's more precaution, like, Hey, like we need to get you out of your feet right now. And then, you know, obviously let it go down, let the swelling go down, whatever's there. Um, but like you said, Corey, Nico has played incredibly well. He's been impressive at shortstop, you know, making seemingly every series a jump throw, Jeter esque style. That play throw, last night. Right? Yeah. Oh, it was it was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. but him and him at shortstop, you know, we always talk about how funny it was us us Cubs fans, Cubs writers, anyone saying how the Cubs need to go out and get a shortstop. They need to go out and get Carlos Correa or Trevor Story, someone uh, over the offseason. And Nico comes in here, chip on his shoulder, and he's playing way better than any of us thought he probably could. Um, so that, that's a loss, not even just defensively, obviously. He's, he's been swinging the bat as well as anyone else, maybe besides Bosa Contreras, but we'll get to that. Um, he's I, just swinging uh... the bat. The numbers, may, you know, box scores may not look great, but his underlying numbers is – hard hit percentages, exit velocities, all that stuff has looked good over the last few games. So, you know, you know, just the way baseball goes, that's bound to flip as far as those balls that aren't dropping, we're going to start dropping. And now um, it looks, sounds like he's going to need a couple days off. Luckily they have the off day tomorrow. Um, maybe he misses the Diamondback series or so, and then can 
start playing on Monday again when Pittsburgh comes to town. I don't know. I'm sure that will become more clear the next few days. But, um, I mean, it's a loss. And you can see, like, Corey, you mentioned in the seventh inning, I want to say, uh, just <laughs> when Scott Afros was on the mound, just kind of what was going on with uh, Nico's, uh, the fill-ins for Nico back there. Um, so you you don't want to lose that defense for too long. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, you know, Cubs got to hope, obviously, that this is nothing more than just a few days off, some rest, get the swelling down, and he can go back out there. Yeah. Uh, this isn't to say that he is better than these other two I'm about to mention, but I did see his tweet the other day. That listed, and I don't know why it was B War. Why that person used B War, but we're a we're a fan graphs podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but it was the 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 guy listed B War, but Nico Horder had a higher B War than both Tim Anderson and Javi Baez. Yeah, again, this was like two or three days ago. I don't know what it is now, but I mean, Nico's been playing well anyway. So like, um, I think you can argue that Nico is playing way better defensively than Tim Anderson right now um offense obviously tim anderson has a proven track record there uh but all that aside i'm the point of why i'm bringing it up is like that's how good he's been like right. he's like he's playing better than two guys who've been in the league for a while and have like made a name for themselves and he's starting to make a name for himself and like that's why it's just so unfortunate it's not even that he got hurt from like another player is a freaking umpire. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that literally sums up the 2022 cup. I was waiting. Like, for it's, this just for a, Cody, it's just yeah. an accident yeah. waiting to happen. Like, I feel like that's the Stephen A. Smith. Ryan, you should do the Stephen A. Smith impression and, and say that because like, that's literally <laughs> like, if it's not one thing, it's another, it's like, you know, you get this series win, but Nico is hurt. And yeah, who, hopefully it is just a couple days, whatever. But like, still like, you don't want him to get hurt because that, it could affect how he plays when he comes back. Also, yeah. he's in he's in rhythm before that injury, right? And it's like, and again, it's frustrating because he, the stupid umpire, won't get out of the way. Like, it is what it is. But yeah. and I'm not uh, letting it ruin I, my mood. It's but. no, it it is frustrating because you know obviously all injuries are really out of guys' control. But like you're watching that play and like you know the ump is in like the ump's got to pay attention, man. Like you know everybody's trying to do their job, but like Nico's going full tilt, like it's a very annoying circumstance to have that. And, you know, I think to your point about him getting disrupted, it, it goes along with what Ryan was saying, like that's particular, not only are his numbers already good and he's showing what he can do on defense. I love that he's doing the hobby thing where he's throwing guys out from the, you know, shallow left field grass. I love that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think they talked about it on the marquee broadcast last night that he's really been hitting the ball hard. And as you mentioned, Ryan, not getting results on all of those, but if you are interested in those stat casts, like expected batting average stats and things like that, he really deserved better. And so that's where I'm particularly frustrated is that, as you said, Ryan, it did feel like some of that was about to start falling and more results were going to start coming on offense. And even if he has to sit out, you know, they have, they're off tomorrow, but even if he sits out just one game, you know, does that disrupt his rhythm a little bit, right? Like, is he feeling a little lingering you know, pain or anything like that in the ankle that sort of disrupts what like he, all of his at bats recently looked really good, like making really quality contact. And you just hope that that doesn't get disrupted. But uh, yeah. And I, and we, we were seeing it in the, uh, the comments too. Like my main thing is just like, let him rest until he's completely healthy. Right. Like there is no reason for him to be out there playing through it or anything like that. This is not October. This is not the playoffs. 
Like, just make sure he comes back 100% so that he can get back to doing what he was doing, which was showing us that he deserves to be the starting shortstop for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with everything. I, I just thought it was kind of funny. Um, when you think about all the, like, oh, ban the shift, everyone, all the ban the shift. Well, I'm kind of in the ban the shift group, group too. Like, I, I don't love the shift. Um, Nico would, <laughs> that wouldn't happen if Nico was playing shortstop and not on the right side of, you know, shallow right field. Cause, I mean, it looked like it just was like the ball went up in the air. The umpire and Nico both kind of just running in the same direction, not not even noticing each other and kind of colliding there. So um, that provides some evidence for for all the um, ban the shift people out there. That's like you go you go to court, you go to ban the shift, and you're like here, exhibit A, Nico and an umpire running into running into each other, and 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 Nico going down for who knows how long now. Um, but yeah, that's again just an unfortunate like Corey, you said you can't predict injuries or really prevent them but it's just an unfortunate situation in a game for a guy that was playing about as well as he's ever had in the as, as a major leaguer you know you, you just based on the advanced analytics some of those balls again that should have dropped and didn't you could see that hey maybe that's about to start turning maybe those balls the way baseball always evens itself out is those balls were going to start at some point falling and now you gotta just kind of see how long how long it is till nico can come back you know, go back out, play the solid, solid shortstop that he'd been playing, but also putting the bat on the ball like he had been. Hopefully Simmons. I mean, well, he's been there for almost a week. I think Saturday was his first game, so almost a week. Like, I mean, I've been following Tommy Birch for a while, and he's just been tweeting that, you know, he's been tweeting Simmons updates, and he's not really doing much with the bat. That doesn't really surprise anyone, but, I mean – if if he misses games, like I just, just think that the Cubs need to get him up there. I mean, why yeah. not? Like it can't be any worse than what we're, what we saw from Vargas and in VR in that seventh inning. And I mean, thankfully they were able to close out the game strong, and that a lot of credit goes to Rowan Wick for that. Outside of that deep fly out by Will Myers, he uh, you know was able to get some easy outs. But um, you know, I just for the sake of like saving like saving uh arms and stuff you know whenever errors and stuff like that pile on it just makes you force your pitchers to throw more pitches than they need to i mean scott efros threw more pitches than he absolutely needed to in that seventh inning and now like thankfully they have the off day tomorrow but if they had to play tomorrow there's no way they could have used them and they probably could have used them if they wanted to if the defense just didn't completely fall apart and uh so yeah i mean i for stri- strictly for defense, like I don't see why you wouldn't just go ahead and and call Simmons and have him in Arizona uh, by Friday. I mean, yeah, and I that's, that's really me, I, I we've talked about that really since they signed Simmons. Like I know people aren't super excited by him; they see the bat, um, especially you know as we talked about like early in the the season, we didn't know that you know Nico was going to be showing this well, and I think people were disappointed in the off season, whatever, whatever. But you do really see the need for quality defensive backups and Simmons should at least provide that. Um, And it's, it's also something we've talked about a lot. Like this pitching staff is built for it. You know, the bullpen as well. Like they're going to get a lot of ground balls. Now that Wade Miley is back, Kyle Hendricks looking, you know, like vintage Kyle Hendricks in the first game on Monday, Marcus Stroman doing his thing when he's able to get back off the IL they're going to generate a lot of ground balls. So if Nico is missing any amount of time, and again, 
the rep, you know, x-ray is negative, the reports sound good. So hopefully it's not a long-term thing, but however long it is, like you're going to need to clean up what we saw today because this pitching staff is built primarily on getting ground balls. And if you're not able to convert that, especially with how many short starts we've seen, the the toll it's going to take on the pitching staff is going to be pretty obvious if you have, like Cody said, guys like Scott Efros. I mean, how many outs did he get in that inning today? Eight, right? <laughs> like, I mean, he legitimately had several outs in that inning yeah. and he got out of it and the Cubs were still ahead. But uh, yeah, that's not good for... It's uh, the defense was so bad that people were in the comments and being nice to Nick Madrigal, like that says it all. To right. Me. That does. That does say it all. <laughs> uh, but Cody, did you uh, how were your how were your bets looking today? Did you have the Cubs oh, money line I'm on so, Wednesday? I'm so happy you asked me, Corey, because, yes, I did have Cubs money line. Me and Sean were on CHGO bets daily today, and I explained why I was taking Cubs money line this afternoon and uh, I guess for once I look like a genius <laughs> because even though that was a sweat, um, I placed that bet on points bet. And that's the best way to support CHGO is if you download the, the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk free bets up to $2,000. But that's not if you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you get a free CHGO membership which unlocks all of our web content. You even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live NBA Same Game Parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect Live NBA Same Game Parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. Want more? You can also boost your Live Same Game Parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. And now online signup is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. I know Luke is not here, guys, but uh, I always say it if he can do it. Everyone here and in the chat can download the PointsBet app and sign up. It's that easy. It really is, especially if Luke can do it. Uh, so what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I'm, uh, playing, I'm not nearly as old, but I'm playing the role of Luke, I guess, today with, with Brendan out and, and we're, we're doing like a hodgepodge here, but, uh, also a word from our friends at Strava Craft Coffee. Want to start your day with a competitive edge? Strava CBD coffee is a game changer and has helped thousands of people to improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic, broad spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you. Feel alert and focused without the jitters. Live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy more restful sleep so you wake up feeling your best. The best part, Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh, and shipped straight to your door. Strava offers concentrated full-spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for a more traditional CBD format with a powerful entourage uh, effect of benefits. CHGO listeners can save 25% 
off their purchase when you use code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use code CHGO25 at checkout. Discount coupon valid on non-subscription purchases only, one per customer. And if you already love Strava, subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. With Strava, you're in control. Save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule. Well done. So it's it's good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, I have some here. We've yet to open it up, but I'm, I'm looking forward to trying it. It's I, it's it's good stuff, and I know. I uh, Luke has, uh, has yeah. Luke was talking about how he's done it. Maybe maybe that's been helping him stay awake. You know, he, yeah. he takes something else to talk about he's early morning. Luke, he... Luke needs Strava, <laughs> Athletic Greens, all. Yeah, of it. he it's, needs it. He's all. doing these West Coast yeah. games, going to one in the morning. It, oh, it'll man. it'll help you out. But uh, next uh, in our agenda here, we have got to talk about our backstop, and that would be Wilson Contreras, who is red. Hot, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, when we leave the game on Wednesday, as I'm looking at the live stats, and I am looking at fan graphs, because as I mentioned, we are a we are an F war. Again, family. it was a I, tweet. I it was a tweet, I people. <laughs> um, Wilson Contreras, if you are looking at WRC plus weighted runs created plus uh 100 being league average. Wilson is sitting at a 169 right now, nice. which would have him as the 11th best hitter in Major League Baseball. If you are only using uh, WRC Plus, which you know you don't have to, but in terms of offensive production, it's a very useful metric. Um, he he's just red hot. Hits an opposite field home run today. Looking at his numbers on the 2022 season, he is now hitting 304 with a 413 on base percentage and a 522 slugging percentage, a 415 weighted on base average, walking at an 11% clip, striking out at just a 17% clip, four home runs on the year, 10 RBIs now. Tough to tough to say enough things about <laughs> it was like you got any more? Cause I'm sure there I, I is. I mean, we can really keep going, but I mean, in, in terms of his production at the plate, he is having the the season of his life right now. Obviously, it's early and you're gonna have to see these things continue. But this is something that one, I think we all knew Wilson had the potential to do, be this type of dominant force at the plate. And we'll never really know for sure, right? But this was the idea when you brought in Jan Gomes, right? So not that Wilson sure. is not on his feet catching every single game. He had led the league in pitches caught for years by a mile, oh, yeah. right? He was catching so much more than anybody else. And you could kind of see that wear him down a little bit. So it's only been, you know, a little over a month with, with him and Jan Gomes. But Jan Gomes has played a pretty you know, significant, I think, amount of games for a backup. And I'm just saying I'm not at all surprised to see Wilson thriving on offense um, as a result. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, uh, you know, I, I kind of, so, you know, it, it's a lot, it's really easy on baseball reference or like fan graphs to kind of cherry pick like dates and stuff. Um, so I went back his three hit, his, his three hit day against the Pirates. Uh, that was the 21 and the 21 and 0 game. Uh, this is from, from that day coming into today. So through last night's game, um, he'd been hitting 354, 456 on base percentage, 521 slugging for a 977 OPS 
in that stretch. He had had six play. walks and three hit by pitches to go along with nine strikeouts. Um, so that is, <laughs> I mean, he was just incredible. And that's a long stretch of games, too. That's hard uh, to believe he, considering how bad the offense has been before the yeah. series, right? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I mean, and then I want to say in that stretch, his WRC plus was actually at 182. Uh, then his Woba was 0.435. I mean, he, he had incredible stretch, but then just overall this season, um, his, you know, you look at his hard hit percentages, 99th percentile coming into today, average, average exit velocity, 93.1 miles per hour, 94th percentile coming into today. And then he follows it up with, you know, two for three, a home run, a walk. Um, now he's hitting 304, 413, 522 on the season. Uh, he's just, you talk about, you know, contract season, whatever, trying to prove himself, chip on his shoulder, all this stuff. Wilson Contreras is having the arguably the best season at the play of his career. He's striking out less than ever. He's taking more walks or taking walks at a higher rate than ever. His averages, his on-base percentage, his standard stats, advanced stats are all up there. I mean, like you said, Corey, Jan Gomes is definitely helping by giving him that day, as well as the addition of the DH, you know, allowing Wilson to get a day off, I don't know, not having to catch, but keeping his bat in the lineup, giving him that much more consistency. Uh, but he's really taking advantage of it, and he's swinging the bat. And he, he's, I, I'd say he's been the best offensive catcher in baseball this season, uh, and he's swinging the bat as well as anyone. You know, there's probably no one swinging the bat as well as well as him in the last two, three weeks than uh, on, on the Cubs. So, um, yeah, Wilson is just exactly what the Cubs have needed to. I mean, again, the last week, week and a half didn't go so well, but Contreras stayed hot, and now they take two or three from the Padres and a lot of it has to do with Wilson Contreras just getting on base every single time he's up except the bat. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people on Cubs Twitter in the chat. I mean, hell, even before the show started, I was looking at the YouTube comments and we're like, we got to trade Contreras. And it's like, you know, we're, we can sit here and debate whether the Cubs should trade him at the deadline for prospects or not. And I think, Honestly, I do think it will come down to wherever the Cubs are. And, and who knows? Like I said, I feel like the last two weeks against teams like Atlanta, the Dodgers, the, the White Sox, and and the Rays, and whoever else that I'm missing, like that was probably the worst that we'll see out of this roster. I do think that they will be at least more like what we saw in the first two weeks of the year. More competitive. Uh, and Yeah, more competitive. So that means that you're going to find a way to win games, right? And again – I understand that that really doesn't mean much for this team and the direction that we're in right now. But if the front office wants to compete in 2023, there's just doesn't to me, it just doesn't make any sense to like trade Wilson Contreras. Like you're not going to find a better catcher. You're just not like, I mean, Miguel Amaya, I know he's, you know, going to be coming off Tommy John surgery. There's nothing that's certain with that. You're more likely to hit on an infield or a outfield prospect, more likely because there's so many of them. You're more likely to hit on on those than you are a catcher. I'm, that's just my opinion. Um, but to bring it back to like today, like, yeah, he's he was a big part of that series win, and to me, it's like the I feel like ownership would get a lot of fans back. Uh, their trust back if they kept Contreras. Um, you know, I again, I understand why people would want to trade him because they think we should trade him for prospects, but it's not like the Cubs don't have a very good prospect pool already. I, I, I don't like 
there's it's there's it's fine to to add more, I guess. But are you someone who thinks that this team can't compete in 2023? Like, I think the Cubs can compete in 2023 if they really, you know, do more in free agency next year. And if we see what we depending on what we see out of guys like Brennan Davis and Caleb Killian when they eventually come up and others that are in Iowa right now. And again, free agency next offseason. So I I to me it's like why would you trade trade that? Again, I would get it if you got just an absolute haul. Like it like the a, a haul you cannot refuse. And and especially and I think I've said this before, like if you got someone who could could help the team right away, whether it's, you know, second half of the season or or uh, next year. And and that doesn't mean that doesn't necessarily mean help them win, but just like be part of the next great Cubs team, right? Like be a highly talented prospect that's ready to come up now. That I mean that might be the only reason that I would say we should trade them. But it's just like I don't think the Cubs are going to have a better catcher. They're not going to. Right. Yeah, so I, why I, trade that? I that's think the crazy that, balance, right? That, sorry, that was the crazy balance of just like he's playing so well that it's making it seem like how can you let this guy go? because he's been such a good catcher. He's a you know a, a very much improved defensive catcher from when he first came in the league. Plus as bad as as good as it's ever been right now. As you're like how do you not how do you not want to resign him and at the same time it's like he is every game he gets two hits. Every time he gets on base three times his value is just skyrocketing. And right. maybe not skyrocketing, but his value is going up exponentially because he's that bat is just playing right now. Um, and so it's a very weird dynamic of like yeah, on one hand, he's playing himself into a really good contract, or you know, he's playing. He's going to get a good haul if they do trade him. But on the other hand, you know, he's playing so well. It's like, why wouldn't you keep him around? And and if you plan on competing next year, like Co- like Cody was alluding to, then he could very well be the catcher that is behind the backstop every day doing that with you. Yeah, I think you know you're really seeing it play out in a a very tricky manner, right? Because he is playing well enough that if you're a, a playoff team or, you know, you have those aspirations and you need a catcher, he's looking mighty good right now. Right. And especially if you think that the Cubs are itching to make some moves, right. That's going to be a pretty appealing situation for other front offices. As you said, like, I think Miguel Amaya, we saw some video of him taking swings recently, but yeah, Cody, like you're coming off a, a long injury, a long layoff. Like there is nothing certain there, right? Like we haven't seen him get that major league time. I mean, even if he comes back and there's no setbacks, like you still got a lot of proving it to do um, to be, I get in that situation, you know, a, a bigger part is the starting catcher of in 2023, hopefully a team that is aiming to be more competitive than they are now, right? I mean, at least that's what the front office has been telling us. So where you find the replacement is a tough one. I, it's it's going to be a tough spot for Jed because I bet the offers are going to be good. And I think the, the hang up, at least as I read it, you know, from the outside is that Wilson is going to be 30, I think in a month. Um, and I don't know what he's looking for long-term and, you know, kind of like the decisions with the other members of the core if Jed feels like, hey, he wants Rayo Muto money and I don't want to give it to him, you know, that might be what it comes down to. I it, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to justify. And I think you're right, Cody. Like at this and you know, they don't have to make decisions 
based on fan emotion. But at some point, it would be nice to keep someone, right? Especially like when they're performing really well, like you don't have a long-term answer, at least a sure thing at catcher, right? Like it was one thing when like Buster Posey retired. And I I, I don't think he's doing that well this year, uh, at least the last I checked. But like the Giants, one of their best prospects was Joey Bart, right? So that's like, okay, we're going to transition to Joey Bart because he's one of our top prospects. He's one of the, you know, bigger touted prospects in baseball. Great. That's, you know, maybe Mamaya several years ago, like not now, like things have really changed. And so you don't have the answer there. So yeah, I think Cody, I'm with you. Like if they, if the hall is big and, you know, people are calling and demanding that Jed Hoyer, you know, relinquish uh, Wilson Contreras and they're just so far apart on the terms and Wilson wants to be paid until he's 40 as a catcher. Like, you know, I, I, I think Jed can justify it and he's got to make the decisions he think is right for right. the long-term health of the organization. But when you don't have an immediate answer at catcher and your catcher right now has a 170 WRC plus and sort of seems to be like putting it together in the way that you always dreamed of at the plate, it's it's going to be tough to see that go if that's ultimately what they decide to do. Jack is asking in the comments what happened to Amaya, and I'm not exactly sure. I just know that he had Tommy John surgery. And also the year, like he had the minor league year off because of the pandemic. Right. And then like last year, you know, barely played. And then, and then in the off season, right. They, they announced that he was going to have to have Tommy John surgery or late last year. So it's like, I mean, again, we obviously he's not playing this year. And he's not gonna be ready to play anytime soon next year. Like Jan Gomes is nice. Like he's a good backup, but do you want him starting every day? Like, unless I mean, and the Cubs will probably go get another. Like if they were to move on from Contreras and get like a huge haul, like I was saying, perhaps they'll go get another catcher, and you know they'll probably play matchups with him or whatever. But it's just like I to me. When if you're if you want to be get if you want to get back to 2015, 2016, 2017 level, you gotta have your you have to have you have to have your leaders and like all those young guys coming up, they're all gonna need someone to help them along the way, right? And like Wilson Contreras is perfect for that. He well, literally Cody Jason perfect Hayward will still be here for another. Oh year. my god, don't, don't make <laughs> me go jump into Lake Michigan. I'm just saying that like. He would be uh, like, you know how Chris Bryant said when he signed with Colorado that like, you know, they had a similar roster to like when he came up and like he wanted to be like the veteran presence. Like Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I'm alluding at here with Contreras. And the thing is, too, is like I Contreras is playing better than Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, like all three of them last year. Like, so, yeah. I'm, that's why I'm saying, like, if they were to trade him, they they should get a huge haul. Like, if he if he plays like this through July, which you know, admittedly, I I don't think he will. He'll probably still play very well, but like to to keep playing at this clip, like we're talking about players that are up in like the top top players in the league, and Contreras just doesn't have a background of proving that he's been able to do that over sure. a sustained amount of time, except for maybe 2017. Um, but again, like it's there's just like no reason in my eyes why they shouldn't extend him or even if like if they don't trade him at the deadline to me that says that they plan to re-sign him like so that that would to me I would be I would find it to be very exciting to hear about so um 
But again, I understand why people want it to happen. Um, but I feel like those same people think the Cubs aren't planning on competing until like 2025. And like, I just don't see that. Not with the prospects that are coming. Well, that and are, that's that, not what we've been told, right? There's like, also that's no right. reason. There's that's also no not reason the Cubs shouldn't compete. Exactly. That's right. by 2025. But they're, it not is... the Rays. They're, they're not the Rays. They don't have to, you know, trade off their really good players as soon as they become eligible to receive a lot more money. Like they have the resources at, you know, over at Wrigley field to keep a lot of these guys. And that's what, you know, we talked about on the show the other day, Cody, it's just that sure. The next great Cubs team, whatever, like they, they did what they did last year. You can't go back and change the past, mm-hmm. but whenever that next great Cubs team comes, which could be as early as, you know, probably not next year, maybe the year after, as far as when a lot of these high profile prospects are coming up, but whenever that next great Cubs team is, it just should not be, you know, then it should never have to strip everything down to the studs again. That, that's, we've seen it twice in the last decade plus now uh, where you're getting rid of a lot of, you know, getting, getting a lot of stars, doing trade deadline deals, trying to flip, you know, people for prospects. I just sh- shouldn't need to do that again. You'll, you'll have the odd season where you don't compete, you know, like you're just not good injuries piled up, whatever it is, but you should never have to go out and, and try to figure out ways to save money because you're not, going to compete and you're trying to flip like, like the Cubs should be in a position to compete every single year just like the Dodgers have been for the last you know since basically since I've been born it, it seems like um, right. that's that's what the Cubs could be if they should be so going out you know operating like the Rays and, and flipping your best guys as soon as they become worth some money or flipping just good guys as soon as they start making some money that the Cubs don't ever need to put themselves in that position I don't think right and, yeah, and, and we talked about that a lot on like Monday's pregame show. <laughs> and uh, it's it's crazy how, you know, Monday we were all, you know, not just me and, and, and anyone else part of CSGO, but like Cubs fans in general, like we're just completely night and day compared to what we are today. And again, I just feel like this team is better than what we saw the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, there's still a lot of games to be played. We'll see what happens heading into July and Again, I'm not saying the Cubs are going to turn around and be in the wild card chase, but I do think they'll play similar to like how we, they did the last three days and could just, again, I feel like that justifies keeping Contreras around. And so, um, again, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And I just hope that the Cubs, like I know that they they haven't even had a conversation with Contreras. And I want to blame the pandemic or not the pandemic, but the lockout for that. But uh they could really do themselves a favor if they had just at least wait till the off season uh, with Contreras. Cause it just doesn't like, unless you get just an, like an insane call from someone desperate. Like if you want to talk about Cubs trades, you know, we're talking like, you know, I hate saying his name, but the ass and Russell trade really worked out for the Cubs in terms of winning the world series. Like you get something like that, get a top 10 prospect in all of baseball. Like, like they did for Samarja. Like then I could, I could get it. Like I would understand. And they, and he wasn't ready at that point, but he was ready the next year. Cause that trade happened in 14, I believe. And he played in 15. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, I don't know what else to say about it, but I think it, you know, it, look, it's, it's one of those things that comes up, um, because of how well he's playing, you know, we know where this team is at. We know how everything is going and it, it's, it's going to come up because it's tough to square, how you would intend to be better next year by 
losing a guy playing like this at a premium position that you don't immediately have an answer for. And before we we hit our next sponsor break here, I just want to, you know, because people asked, uh, Miguel Amai only played 23 games at AA in 2021 because of the elbow injury that ultimately led to the Tommy John, uh, and he has not played in a game since June 3rd of 2021. So if you're like counting on that as, you know, the answer here, you know, it would be a, a big gamble. But uh, as we head into the weekend here shortly, Cody, what are we looking at pick of the week wise uh, oh, over on our with our friends at points bet? Oh, boy. Uh, so I was looking at the NBA lines. It's uh, been kind of a tough week for me. So whenever you're down, I always tell my degenerate friends that, you know, when things aren't great, you know, it's just in time for you to get hot. And uh, I think that my luck is going to turn around tomorrow. Uh, when the Heat traveled to Philadelphia and played the 76ers. Uh, 76ers currently right now minus two and a half. I like that play. I'm going to take that because they're down 3-2 in the series, and there's a lot of pressure on not only Joel Embiid, but James Harden to uh, you know get to the next round. I know the Heat are a really good team, but I like, uh, I like the 76ers to uh, keep it rolling. Um, or not keep it rolling, but like get get back on track because I think Joel Embiid had his worst game of his career. Uh, he's got to have a bounce back. He was an MVP race for the reason. So that's that's my pick of the week. So pick of the week, awesome. Well, my pick of the week is not a gambling pick at all. But you know what it is? It's AG One. This is a product Ooh. I use. Product I use literally every day. Started taking AG One because I didn't have time. I wanted better gut health wanted more energy and I wanted an optimized immune system. Been on it for a few weeks now and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy, uh, but it has a mild tropical taste. I actually look forward to, you know, drinking each morning. You know, it's not maybe not the best looking product out there, but the taste is fine. Um, you know, it's you know, you see that like kind of green stuff or you you look at like a shake or something, you're like, oh man, like how can this be, you know, be any good? And you drink it and be as a, yeah, it as a mild yeah, exactly. As a mild tropical taste. Um, so what is it? In just one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. The special blend of energy, the special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things. You look at me, I'm only 25. I look like I'm 15 or 16. You look at Luke. <laughs> Luke's ancient, but he looks like he's no, you know, not a day over 40, right? Because he takes he AG1 called him every ancient. single day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, okay. But, yeah, but when I take it, I, you know, I get a noticeable boost of energy. So I take it first thing in the morning on an empty stomach and get that giddy up. Cody, I think you said your girlfriend puts it in shakes yes. uh, every morning and stuff like that. So, you know, you, you could take it that way, but I could take it, you know, first thing in the morning, empty stomach. Um, it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, gluten, dairy free, uh, I'm not any of those. I like my meats. I like my cheeses. I like my breads. Um, but if, if that is your lifestyle, if, if, you know, keto, paleo, vegan, gluten free, dairy free, if that's what you need, that's what you do. You're all good with AG1. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insur- insurance for less than three bucks a day. It's recommended by professional athletes and has more than 7,000 five-star reviews. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply 
of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Cubs. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Cubs to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All righty. So as we, you know, get closer to wrapping up here in our last segment, want to focus on some of the pitching. And I think, uh, you know, we saw something on Wednesday that a lot of people had clamored for, you know, and wanted to see Keegan Thompson get a start. Uh, he ends up going four innings, allows five hits, two earned runs, two walks, and one strikeout. He does give up the one homer in the game. Uh, but all in all, like at least from my perspective, looked to be attacking pretty similarly to the way that he was coming out of the pen. Obviously, it wasn't uh, necessarily too much of a longer outing than we've seen from him at other times, 61 pitches. Uh, at this point, most of his outings have been lengthier ones, but he used uh, five of his pitches, at least looking at, uh, you know, the baseball savant stat cast data, 14 fastball, cutter, curveball, sinker, changeup in that last inning of work there as he was getting towards the end of the day, still sitting around 94 with his fastball. And we've seen him touch a little higher, uh, but in general, it, it didn't look like he was necessarily taking too much off uh, the stuff he was working with. Didn't get as many whiffs as we had seen uh, in some of those outings out of the pen, but all in all, I mean, I, I, I thought this was a, a solid outing in a spot that you know, he didn't really know. Obviously, the Cubs are dealing with some stuff in the rotation. He he didn't really know that this was going to be the spot. Uh, but what did you guys, Ryan, what did you see today uh, out of Keegan Thompson? Did you, you know, I, obviously the Cubs needed it, but I, I know, I think most of us were probably in the camp of he's a pretty elite weapon out of the pen. So maybe let's not be in too much of a rush to change that. Um, but what did you think of of the start here on Wednesday? Yeah, I mean, you know, we didn't even know. I, I wonder if he knew prior to today that he was starting this game, but you know, we didn't know. They had Cubs hadn't announced anything. Um, you know, put it didn't put it in the game notes or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think when you looked at it, we you kind of need a Keegan to get four innings, right? You need a Keegan four innings, which I think is the most he'd thrown out of the pen at all this year. Uh, if he could get you four innings, put you in a position to win. Um, that that's, that's a successful first start of the season, especially considering, you know, this team is pretty depleted, right? It's, you know, a lot of injuries, uh, you know, bullpen starters, whatever it is, um, just in the last few days or so. Um, and so that's kind of the main reason why key and Thompson was even starting in that position in the first place. Um, but you know, you needed four innings. If he could have gotten that fifth would have probably been ideal, but four innings for sure. Um, only gave up two runs. So that, I mean, you look at that outing and it's not as dominant as he's looked in this past, you know, out of the bullpen. You, you talked about his, maybe his first month of the season. He was like, it looked like no one could touch him. Right. And you mentioned it, Corey, like the whiff rate was lower today than it, than it has been during the season. He wasn't getting all a bunch of swings and misses. I think he only had the one or two strikeouts, um, but he just was effective and, you know, limited damage. You got that one double play. I want to say, um, that just kind of kept things in order. And he, you know, he, he did what he needed to do to get four innings and keep the, you know, keep the damage to a minimum. And that's, you know, was able to hand it off to, you know, the Chris Martin, Scott Afros, obviously later on was unbelievable. Michael Gibbons had a, had a tough inning and then Roe Wick shut things down. But those are four guys that if you can, 
if your pitcher can get you to the back end of the innings and you can go to a Chris Martin or a Scott Efros or Michael Givens or Roe Wick, you know, you probably feel some, at least somewhat confident with all four of them. I know Scott Efros is like, as soon as I feel like as soon as he goes in, you're like, okay, we're going to get a one, two, three inning here. Right. Like, uh, but if you can get to that back end of the bullpen without needing another long reliever going in the middle innings, that's a successful day. And so I guess that's, you know, long winded answer, but basically Keegan Thompson was not, dominant but he was effective and did what needed to be done to put you know the cubs in the position to get this w which ultimately happened right uh weirdly enough i don't know who at points bet knew this but i learned that keegan thompson was starting for the cubs today because i logged on the points bet because it was before the lineup came out or anything and it said <laughs> on points bet under the the cubs and padres game really? that keegan thompson was starting for the cubs and i was like Cubs money line bang because I knew or I felt that Thompson was going to go out there and give us three or four strong innings. And if the Cubs could get into a lead early, like they had been in three of the last four games, that they'll be in position to win the game. And that's kind of like what we saw today. Um, you know, a lot of I know he kind of struggled in those first couple innings with a lot of base runners and everything. And some people or a few people in my Twitter mentions, uh, of course, that were like, yeah, this guy, he should be a bullpen guy, blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. And I was like, to me, I think the only reason he started today is because Marcus Stroman's on the IL with, we assume, COVID or something like that because they won't tell us what it is. Um, so, yeah, do I think Thompson can get some starts later in the year? Yeah, but, like, I'm, I'm good with him sticking in the role that he has been in. Uh, but he definitely showed up today and did exactly what the Cubs needed him, which was, I thought, four innings tops and uh yeah he gave them a chance to win and then the cubs offense showed up and and kept hitting like they did the yeah. last two days so uh you know you, you gave up that homer to luke voigt which i don't understand luke voigt was hitting like 136 coming into this game and then he turned into god for nine innings today and it is what it is but uh yeah he he definitely shows a presence on the mound. Like when he's on the mound, you can like feel it through the TV. I don't know if that makes sense to yeah. you guys, but you can like mm -hmm. feel it that he has like a confidence out there that I didn't see last year. And like, that's, what's been the most impressive thing to me uh, watching him pitch this year. Um, You know, maybe my take three or three weeks ago or whatever it was about him being like Josh Hader type bullpen arm might be a little bit of a stretch, <laughs> but he was pitching like that in those first, like what, 16 innings or whatever. He was like yeah. lights out. He's definitely been hit on a little bit more uh, in the last couple of appearances. And, you know, teams are, I guess you could say offenses or scouting reports are adjusting to what he's doing this year. And, you know, for the most part, he's still, he's still getting it done. He, had, he, he did make some guys look, pretty bad today uh, he also gave up some hits and gave up some runs so but again like i think this is a good start to you know what could perhaps be down the line if you were to put him into the starting rotation but again i think the cups are just going to keep him in the bullpen i will be completely okay if they keep him in the bullpen yeah. um i think yeah. that's and the best, I, best I think that him. uh this was this series obviously this was wade miley's first start so he only goes three innings He'll, he'll get there, right? We didn't expect too much in terms of length from him in this second game on Tuesday. 
But I think, you know, maybe this is somewhat of a vision of the, the future, right? And maybe how you intended this rotation to go once Marcus Stroman gets back, once Wade Miley is able to, you know, start delivering quality starts, which he certainly did last year and you expect him to do. Kyle Hendricks was phenomenal on Monday. Wade Miley, when he gets stretched out, I think will also be delivering those starts. And when you need to fill things in, right, like Keegan Thompson's ready to step up and do it. And this bullpen, Gibbons had a, a rough outing today, but he's been solid on the year. Part of the issue when you have multiple, you know, back-to-back games where you need to use a total of like, I think it was 12 pitchers or something like that. You know, somebody's probably going to have a bad outing in there. You're just playing with, you know, kind of the percentages at that point. But we've seen this bullpen do a really good job on the whole this year. And I think, you know, that's what you hope going forward. Hendricks, Miley, Stroman, solid, your rocks, right? You lean on them to give you length and get you quality starts. And then you've got this staff behind them that if, hey, you have to piece together uh, a several pitcher outing or something like that, like you've got the pieces to do it. And I think it's a tough role for Keegan Thompson, you know, not always knowing exactly what you're doing. And I'm sure he would maybe prefer to be a starter. I don't know if he, you know, has, has spoken on that, Ryan, it may be more comfortable, but at the end of the day, like it, if you're talking about value, right? Like he's up, he's going to be up there in terms of uh, value to a team when you're looking at the role that he is playing, filling in starts, cleaning up messes out of the bullpen, being able to stabilize things if a, short, a starter does go short instead of using you know everybody else out of the bullpen. It's extremely valuable. And so I know some people were really clamoring for him to get an opportunity like we saw on Wednesday, but I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys, like whatever role he's asked to play, he's doing it and he's doing it well. And I think at that point you kind of just leave well enough alone. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, to touch on the one thing, no, Keegan Thompson, uh, we assume that he would like to start. He was built up in the spring as a starter. Um, he, every time, every time we ask him, he's just like, um, you know, I'm not worried about that right now. I'm just yeah. worried about doing my job, that kind of stuff. Good teammate. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like like you said, I, you know, I, I know Ross, David Ross. I've talked to Tommy Hadovy too about it, and they really like him in that role for the reasons that you said, Corey. Is that when you had, especially early in the season, when we knew guys weren't built up, and we knew there was going to need to be someone that could give you some length out of the bullpen, um, that was key. In and we talked to Ross a couple weeks back, and he mentioned how you know the long relief, the long guy in the bullpen when he was coming up that role was kind of like, Hey, like we're getting killed or we're up by so much. We just need someone to eat up some innings. Like it was a misused, uh, misused option in the bullpen. Whereas Keegan Thompson, as we could see, has become a guy that Ross can go to with, you know, runners, a runner in scoring position, two outs in the inning, they need an out and then they need an out. And then like three more innings after that, right? Like Keegan Thompson has done that and we know that he can. So what, whether he's starting or, um, pitching out of the bullpen he's been successful and he does his job and he you when he goes out there you're not you know last year when he was starting he was it, that was his learning experience now he has his position in the bullpen where it's been really really good and he looks confident he looks dominant um today again like i said was not as dominant as he looked out of the bullpen but he did his job and that's all you can really ask for um so moving forward yeah. Cody, you, you alluded to it. Me and me and Luke have been on this for the last couple of weeks, but just like we like him out of the bullpen. We, like, we know the Cubs like him out of the bullpen. We like seeing him out of the bullpen, and we think that's right now 
he's succeeding so much you don't mess with that unless mm-hmm. unless you absolutely need to like you did today you you know ross mentioned yesterday they were desperate for pitching that's kind of you know partially why wade miley came up is like we we needed starting pitching and you know he he did what he had to do to help us you know kind of get us through that um he, same thing goes for keegan thompson like yeah he, you'd like him out of the bullpen but you need a starter today you needed one right. badly the keegan only up and did that the only time where I've been like, why don't we just start Keegan Thompson was in the doubleheader against the Dodgers last Saturday weekend. Night, yeah. Whenever they started Daniel Norris, he had a clean first inning and then walked the bases loaded in the second inning. And then they brought in Keegan Thompson to right. try and get out of the jam in which <laughs> considering how they played that weekend, I mean, that was the second game of the three, but you know what I mean? Like, the way that they brought Thompson in in the second inning, it's just kind of like, why don't you just start him? Like in that situation, like why didn't you just start him? And it looks like they learned from that mistake because yeah. you, I, I was afraid they were going to do the same thing today and start someone like Scott Efros in the first inning and hopefully and hope and pray he can give you two and then bring in Thompson. And it's just like, I if if you can if you can get two or three innings out of like your you know, if you're going to do a bullpen game like they did today, like then I, it would make sense to bring Thompson in for the middle innings, but clearly they did like, because of injuries and everything, they had to go with Thompson to start today. And that's why I think like a lot of people really think that he's going to be like a starter now, or at least in line for it. I I just don't see it. Like if Stroman can't make his next start, then, then I could see Thompson starting again then. But like, if Stroman is able to come back for his next start soon, which I mean, again, he hasn't started since <laughs> two Sundays ago, uh, then you know I I don't see Thompson getting another start for the foreseeable future, right? And, and unless think, there's another injury. I think the best way to think about Keegan Thompson is that he may not be a starter. You don't have to call him a traditional reliever either. He's an outgetter. That's what he's mm-hmm. doing. However many outs they need, however many outs he can do that day, that's that's what he's going out and doing. He's got a 1.67 ERA. Call him whatever you want. The dude's getting outs, and he's getting a lot of them. So yeah. one one last quick thing, and then we should uh, just look ahead to this weekend, uh, and then we'll sign mm-hmm. off here. I, I just want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, Alfonso Rivas, man. What a clutch <laughs> at bat that was in the game today. He only starts two of these games. Um, went one for four in the game on Tuesday and then one for three in the game on Wednesday. But those two RBIs were game winning RBIs in this game, uh, on Wednesday. And I, like, I so enjoy watching his plate appearances. He looks so like calm and within his approach and like his understanding of the strike zone and what he's looking for, it's really impressive for a guy who's, you know, only getting his, his time in the major, in the major leagues, you know, for the, for a second year, like he played a little bit last year, but this is a 25 year old who does not have a ton of major league experience who routinely is putting together plate appearances that look like a guy that's been around the block a lot more than that. And you, you saw the, the clutch gene a little bit on Wednesday too. Yeah, shout out to the Oakland Athletics and Tony Kemp. Like that, that's looking good for the Cubs right now, right? Um, no, I'm. It's just I'm glad he's getting consistent at, at bats, right? Like we were screaming it from our our from the Bird app and wherever else you were able to vent uh, about getting Rivas um, more at bats, and I like him there in that five hole. Um, you know, I 
I was I under like I was kind of on board for the whole leading off thing, but when Contreras is is hitting as well as he is, like, and even Ortega started to hit a little bit. He's had two hits in consecutive games now, like, and I understand why Ortega's at the top of the lineup. He like has a twelve percent walk rate. Like he's getting on base. You look at the batting average and the OPS, and you're like, why is this guy in the lineup? And then you look at the walk rate, and you're like, okay, it kind of makes sense why he's there, um, but. Uh, yeah, no, Rivas. Uh, he's he's making he's making noise. He's making a plea to the Cubs to be like, hey, I'm part of I'm part of what's next, and it's just great to see because it's not like he was some top tier prospect or anything like that. He's and uh, and he's playing well. It'll be interesting interesting to see how you know the league kind of adjusts to him because it's not like there's a ton of a ton of stats out there on him. So, um, but at, at the same time though. Like the thing that was great about that play appearance today that's got the two RBIs was just like, you know, he worked that at bat. Like that was like I don't think you would have wanted anyone else at that pl- at the plate at, at that time that's in the Cubs lineup right now, except for maybe Contreras, right. right? But but like the you knew that he was gonna put the ball in play and you knew that he was gonna hit it hard somewhere because the way that he's been playing lately. So yeah. uh it's 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 exciting stuff and uh Again, what the season's all about is just finding finding pieces that are yeah finding yeah. answers, exploring as as Luke likes to keep saying, and uh, you know I uh, I am excited to see how he plays over the next couple months and and see how you know he I guess in a way blossoms with this team because if you can find guys that you know right away going into next year that they're you know going to be in the lineup then that just makes your off season that much easier. So. Yeah. And yeah. and Ryan too, like we also saw, um, obviously, you know, we've raved about him at the plate, but you saw in this series too, we were talking about defense, especially if yep. Nico's out, he made some really nice plays. I know Rick Sutcliffe was on these calls uh, for a lot of these, for, for these games in San Diego. And I know there was one last night uh, that he definitely saved a run by knocking the ball down. It was headed down the line. And I mean, he just looks really good over there. There's been a couple of tough, like, you know, PFP kind of balls back to the mound where it's been like a little confusing, but he's, he's composed. He's, he's making the plays. It looks really nice over there. Yeah, no, he, um, yeah. And, and the defense has looked good. Um, again, we're going to say the word small sample size, the phrase small sample size again, but it's, he looks good over there at the, uh, at first base, um, but then going back to the the bat, it's just like Frank was sent down. Like, what were you gonna do in, if Frank had stayed in AAA? What would you have done at first base? I think Rivas has earned the right for every day to play every day at first base, regardless of who the matchup is. As far as the pitcher, if he's facing a lefty, give him a chance to you know see what he could do against the lefty, right? Um, just based on the way he's played both sides of the ball, I think he's earned the, the shot to play every single day um again we know ross likes to play the matchups we've seen it um so we'll it will obviously be a work in progress and we'll kind of see where this goes the next week or so um but rivas over there at first base he, he's looked he's looked the part is he the first baseman of the future who knows but that's why you again you take this season we're going to explore it, right cody like <laughs> you're going to take this season you give these guys a shot you give these guys extended shots to see what they could do so that when you get to 2023 2024 you've kind of got some more answers um before yeah. we wrap up Corey, i mean we got we got to mention scott efros that yeah. i bet i think it was it alfaro 
the sinkers, yeah. man. Oh, man. The horizontal movement on those. He swung. He struck out on a pitch that hit him. That hit him. And he got, oh I think, a couple swings like that. The guy that oh, came up yeah. after, I think, did that too. Not that Pitching him, Ninja but... was having a day. Yeah, the Pitching like... Ninja is all over <laughs> Scott Efros. Um, yeah. And, I mean, you can see it. So, you know, he pitched. He oh. finished that that yes. Hendricks game on, on Monday night. So, obviously, just the, the third of an inning there getting the out. But mm-hmm. then back there uh, again on Wednesday for uh, a full inning. He, he does give up two hits, but, you know, we all saw – the quality of those hits uh, and whether they were deserving defense didn't help him out. Also a blooper, you know, that, that fell in there uh, with hat playing a little further back, I guess. Uh, but, you know, gets two strikeouts and he's just nasty, man. I mean, a 1.3 RA, you know, this is a month, almost a month and a half into the season. Like this is not, you know, just a couple outings from Scott Efros. He's yeah. been going out there pretty routinely and he looks filthy and you see it when, you know, you get, swings like that like you guys mentioned the strikeout on the ball that hit it that uh hit it was Alfaro right I think so yeah yeah Yeah. like that's you know when you're getting the results and you're getting such ugly swings like that it's you know it's really easy to just watch yeah this guy's nasty like clearly the results are there and guys are not picking the ball up when they when they see him so that's yeah we're, we're talking about you know finding answers and I think it's true for Alfonso Rivas, just as it is uh, Scott Efros, you know, these are guys you're giving a chance to, and whether Scott Efros is the closer of the future or Alfonso Rivas is your starting first baseman going forward, that's not necessarily the most important thing. As long as they can play a role, as long as they've got a spot and you can give innings to Scott Efros in the future, high leverage innings, you can give innings at first base and plate appearances to Alfonso Rivas. You don't have to be finding the the next Hall of Famer for the Cubs. You just got to find guys that can help you build out this roster. And we've seen it in the past. You can go through any number of names that we're not going to mention on this show. But like the Cubs have had some terrible depth in years past, in years that they were really good. The bottom of that bench or the bottom of the bullpen was not good. And if you can find guys to fill those roles going forward, as you guys alluded to, it makes Jed Hoyer's job a lot easier when you go to attack these uh, off seasons. You know, maybe you need a, a big time bat or some more slugging, like, but if you can limit the amount of players you need to find to do that, like that's a, a big success. And it's, it's not where we want to be as fans and as an organization. Uh, but the more of those answers that we can find, the better. And the sooner we see the next great Cubs team, right? Right. Yeah. yeah I uh, I wish uh, Brendan would have been able to be on this show to talk about okay. Scott Efros because I, I got nothing except for he was just nasty. And he's been yeah, nasty. He's our own freaking version of Chad Bradford. Like, that's that's all I can really say to you guys in terms of what I think about <laughs> Scott Efros. The dude uh, completely... Uh, changes arm angle or whatever right in the in the in the pitch yeah, lab is the, the Cubs call it yeah and uh you know it's it's fun to see the cubs develop homegrown pitching man like yeah. it's it's awesome it's it's very fun to watch and so um and that's why it brings me back to what i was saying earlier about how like this team's gonna compete before 2025 they got a ton of guys in this farm system right now who a lot or some might not have like the the name like Brennan Davis or even Caleb Killian, but they're going to have a part in the next great Cubs team. And it's just going to be fun to watch and see them all play out. Yes, they need to spend more. Yes, like we should hold our front office and ownership accountable. But 
the Cubs are going to compete sooner rather than later. Uh, and anyone who really doesn't think so otherwise has not been paying attention to what they've been doing, not only, uh, you know, when it comes to drafting, but just like, you know, just the the pitch lab and how they've developed certain guys that we've talked about over and over and it, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, Scott Efros is just like a great example. Even though they drafted him, like he was drafted in 2015. He's been in the system for a while and like he he's made himself like put in the talk of the Cub, one of the Cubs top high leverage relievers. Absolutely. Like, well, and he, and you and know, he, he definitely will be one after the trade deadline if they do, in fact, sell off a ton of guys, they especially in the bullpen. They didn't draft Rowan Wick, obviously, but he's another yeah. one out there today. Two innings of work. Uh, David Ross sent him back out there to finish this one off. Two strikeouts in this game, you know, just two hits in those two innings, no runs. And sitting in the, you know, mid upper, upper 90s, uh, which is, you know, always good. That's that's when he's at his best. And again, they didn't draft him, but they brought him, you know, through the upper levels of their system. And here he is back out there getting big outs. And with David Robertson out for now, like Rowan Wick getting those opportunities. So it's good to see, like, you know, Gibbons has been good. But in this game, you saw Chris Martin and Michael Gibbons, two guys that they brought in older free agents. And then you also saw two guys that are kind of more a product of the Cubs actual infrastructure and system in Scott Efros and Rowan Wick. So just nice to see that kind of mix uh, especially following Keegan Thompson, who of course is uh, one of the Cubs' own products. But uh, before we sign off here, just want to look real quickly at this series. Obviously, the Cubs are off on Thursday. Uh, you guys will be back on the pod tomorrow afternoon, yeah? Ooh, I will. I will not be. Ooh. I will be. Cody and Luke. Okay. Cody, uh, Luke, so, and someone else maybe. And so, of course, tune in to that tomorrow afternoon uh, to get your Cubs fix while they are off, and then they start a three-game set on Friday night against Arizona. Uh, it will be an 8:40 start on Friday, 7:10 on Saturday, and then 3:10 in the afternoon on Sunday. We've got a TBD so far uh, for the Cubs on Saturday and Sunday in terms of their pitching matchup. Saturday should be tough facing Zach Galen, uh, who has a sub one ERA. That is uh, pretty good. But on Friday, listen, I'm just telling you guys, it's Drew Smiley <laughs> against Zach Davies. I don't care if the Cubs go on to lose 90 plus games in this season. If they lose to Zach Davies after the games I sat through at Wrigley Field last year, I'm going to, you're going to get like a vintage Cody rant from me on Sunday when I'm back on uh, with Brendan, I will be inconsolable if they cannot figure out a way to hit Zach Davies. who has got a 3.34 ERA. So he's been okay for the Diamondbacks so far, but I, like guys, I'm not going to tolerate it. They had, they have got to score some runs on Friday. They that's owe that's that. all I ask. They owe us that because they can't fuck around and find a way to beat Jose Quintana. So, right. Yes, they owe. They you can't, owe they can't us. be doing this to us. Come yes, on. They they owe us to well, put a five spot on Zach Davies. Yeah, yeah. Arizona sneaky seventeen and fifteen. Uh, didn't expect that, but you know, it, it'll be. It should be a fun series. I'll be in. I'll be in uh, good old Las Vegas, so I won't be too far from Phoenix. Maybe I'll. Maybe I can hear Wilson crack uh, another home run while I'm there. But um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll 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 catch you guys maybe Sunday, Monday. We'll we'll see how it goes and. 
I, I'm I with. Do. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I'm not like gonna be heartbroken if they don't hit Zach Davies, but I'm like just seeing what we saw from Zach Davies last year. It's like if they don't, that's kind of well. So like, it'd be doing? a huge drop off after what we saw against this really talented starting rotation for the Padres. Yeah, but the really the would. baseball yeah. thing, right? <laughs> the quirky baseball thing that would happen is they'll lose to Zach Davies, but they'll beat Galen. Right, yeah. Galen's undefeated. He's got a zero point nine ERA. Cubs will touch him up, but they'll struggle against it. That just would be the thing. That's how it goes. That that would happen, and we'll be That's frustrated on Friday, and then be like, "Oh, of course they hung a crooked number on this guy who's been, you know, yeah. otherwise unhittable." But, um, you know, like let's just keep this rolling, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're you're coming off a bad stretch. It's never good when you're in May, and it's we're celebrating our first series win since the beginning of the season against the Brewers, right. uh, you know, from opening weekend. But this is a good series, tough team to play on the road, tough place to play, take it into Arizona. Like we're just taking things day by day, series by series. Hopefully Nico's back soon. Hopefully get Marcus Stroman back soon. Um, and we can kind of go from there, but, uh, that's how we get out of here. I got one, I got one thing, Hit me. uh, mainly related to what you just said. And then another thing. So one guy in the comments at, I think it was Jackie asked us how we felt about, Rick Suckleff in the in the booth. <laughs> and I just want to say that I love Rick Suckleff in the booth. Not that I don't like JD, I but I, I've really enjoyed listening to Suckleff, not only because of his like insight, but also I just yeah. love his energy. Like, let's be real. He's like energy. he's he's trying to like will the Cubs to wins when he's in the booth. And you know what? Like, whether you like the the homers or not, like I I respect it. It's Marquee Sports Network. We should be homers in the booth. I don't care. And it's a nice little mix with Boog, because Boog is obviously like the he he pretty, he's very much kind of just like in his own little the consummate professional. I did yes, I did like go. the I did like I saw someone tweeted like after that that whole thing on the baseballs and someone tweeted out I was like why is why is Sut so adamant about who grabbing his balls or something like you're feeling how hard his balls are something like that so I'm like <laughs> like that made me laugh. No, it was, it, they're good. They're all they're all good up there. I, yeah. I was all over the place. I, I had the Padres feed today. I was listening to Pat and Ron, I think, for one of these games. Um, but I, I I thought it was, you know, a good broadcast. He and uh, Boog had, you know, a nice little chemistry, I think. I, I'm a big JD guy, so, you know, I do always miss JD when he's not there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I and I think on uh, some of the stuff with Sut, like, you know, he's, I, I think, a little – uh, you know, brutally honest at times, which I think yeah. is is fair and 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 good. He was as long as it's, definitely very honest about the defense. And yeah, and and it's yeah. it's not yeah. in a way that I felt was like you know crossing a line like too critical or like harsh from the booth. I thought you know uh, I thought he was bringing a little kind of like voice of the fan a little bit, right? Like everybody's kind of frustrated with some of this stuff, and he was you know willing to uh, call it out, but. Uh, yeah, I think that's 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 what we have for you on this edition of the CHGO Cubs podcast. Again, uh, yeah, we 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 got going. Um, <laughs> Luke wasn't here to to keep us on on time. This is what happens when I'm allowed to to host a, a larger group as things get really off the off the rails here. But thank you to our uh, our wonderful producer Stephen here for sticking with us. Um, as always, you know, again, tune in uh, on Thursday uh, for Cody and Luke on the uh, off day podcast and then on friday i'll get going with pre and post for this diamondback series brendan and i will be back with you with a diamondback series recap uh late sunday night or early monday morning and then of course we appreciate your support for everything going on at chgo podcasts and live shows every team every day 
post-game shows and all of Ryan's premium written content for members premium. when you sign up at allchgo.com. You get a free shirt and access to the members-only Discord when you sign up, again, at allchgo.com. Thank you for listening and joining us uh, live. If you're here or listening to us on the podcast platforms, CHGO Cubs podcast, we appreciate your five-star reviews and comments. And as always, go Cubs.